Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. And what is going on with society? I do not understand this. I don't understand the logic. I understand why they feel a certain way. But when you actually apply what I would say is just a little critical thinking, I don't think I'm not trying to come across like I am some sort of genius, like I am sort of some you know modern day philosophical thinker at all. But just a little bit of thought towards this, I, I, I don't understand. I, I, I really don't. And I would hope that this does not catch on because this is just, I, I mean, it's, it's a joke. And I don't uh, see how this benefits anybody under this premise. So if we can agree on this premise, then I think I'll be able to make a very plausible argument to you that maybe we not we might not agree perfectly on, and that's okay. But I, I think we could find a whole lot of common ground if we can agree on this premise. Who spends money the best? You? So do you spend your own money the best? Or does the government spend your money the best? Who is most efficient? Who's going to get the best bang for your dollar? You or the government? Well, if you're not familiar, and there's all sorts of resources out there, so I would encourage you to do some research, and I've done plenty of episodes on this in the past, but if you're not aware, the government is not necessarily known for their efficiency in spending. They're not exactly known for being like really good with budgets and really good with, you know, let's take some money and let's get the biggest bang from it. And I mean, when you stop and think about it, I mean, that makes sense. As the dollar passes through the big bureaucracy known as government, you have people pulling out a penny there, a couple more people pulling out a penny there. And yeah, it's only a quote unquote penny, maybe just a half a penny that's being pulled up, pulled out. But by the time the dollar reaches its destination, maybe it's only worth, I don't know, 75 cents, 50 cents. It's not, it's definitely factually not worth a dollar anymore. But if you were to spend that dollar, what happens? Well, the dollar is a dollar, right? You take that dollar, you hand it to somebody and you get whatever product service anything that you want to get, right? You are getting maximum bang from that dollar. You could just be putting it into your savings for retirement, for example. How much of a dollar goes into savings? A dollar. You give that to the government, how much of that dollar is going to go into savings? Like I said, I don't know, 75 cents, 65 cents, 50 cents. Definitely factually proven not to be a dollar because, well, hey, welcome to bureaucracy of government. So if we can at least agree that Hey, you, the person in the mirror, are going to get the best bang for your dollar as opposed to the government, then this sort of stuff is just terrible because the logical, the ra- or you know, the, the logic and the rational behind it, it begins to fall apart assuming you agree on that logic. And I, I, I this is crazy. This is crazy. And I, I it's just some it's an opinion research report. <laughs> sadly done by a bank, but uh, I don't know. So title of this article, Dutch uh, Dutch Bank proposes a 5% tax for people still working from home after the pandemic. Okay, so after the pandemic, if you're still working from home, boom, 5% tax. A research team at Dutch, Dutch, I'm never gonna be able to pronounce that. Good old German at uh, Dutch Bank, a research team at uh, Dutch Bank 
proposed that people pay a 5% tax for the privilege of working from home if they continue to do so after the pandemic, as this could stay subsidize income lost by lower earners due to the coronavirus crisis. Okay, so now because you have the privilege of working from home, you're going to get taxed. Privilege defined by who? Uh, I mean, is it possible that maybe in order for that person to have put themselves in that, you know, in that job position that it gives them the opportunity to work from home? Is that, I mean, is it possible that they worked really hard to get there? Is it possible that there's a lot of effort where it wasn't actually a privilege, right? Usually I think privilege is like, hey, you know what? Have the privilege of working from home. You didn't really, I mean, just, no, that's, that doesn't make any sense. Just because somebody works from home doesn't mean that, yeah, I get it. It is, it's a nice, it's a nice place to be. It's very convenient. It is a privilege in some senses, but in terms of, hey, you know what? You're privileged. You somehow in your life, made choices, you somehow in your life did things that put you in the spot to actually have this privilege to work from home, we're going to tax you for that. Since when does people making good decisions to put themselves in a spot where they can work from home, how, how is that? Okay, well, now you have to tax. Now we're going to tax that. We're going to tax your good decisions. We're going to tax the choices that you made to put yourself in the spot to be able to have a privilege to work from home. Again, I get it. It is a privilege. But what I want to peel back is, to have the privilege. I mean, if you're not happy because you don't get to work from home, why don't you look at this? What choices can I make? What can I do? What can I accomplish that will give me the privilege to work from home? It's, and there you go. Now, guess what? You just rewired your brain to start to put some goals in place that will allow you to have the privilege of working from home. But I mean, think about it now. What is that really going to encourage? Any? No, why would, why would I do this, that, and the other to try to have the privilege of working from home so now I can pay 5% tax? That's so terrible. Now I get it. I get it. Here we go. The soundbite policies, right? They sound fantastic. But you know, by doing this, we're going to subsidize the income lost by lower earners. You know what? People have lost. That is true. There's no doubt about it. But there are so many other job opportunities out there. And I always go back to this and it still hasn't happened, but my brother-in-law, my friends that are in the construction business, that own businesses, so they would be the people that would be hiring. They are looking to hire. So I get it, I understand there has been income lost, but there are a lot of other jobs out there. Now, yeah, in the construction industry, you're gonna, you'll, you'll get some blisters, you'll sweat, Hard work in the summers, it's hot, can be cold in the winter, depending on where you live. So, I mean, I'm, it's not easy work, but you know what? Hey, it's work. It's work. There is stuff out there. There are people out there that are hiring. And I, yes, I know restaurants and stuff like that. That's definitely in a bit sketchy territory. But there are plenty of other territories that are not sketchy, that are booming. Because when, and that's the great thing about markets is when one area suffers, that means that another area is somehow starting to boom, right? I mean, it's it's totally a, a, the stereotypical example, but oh no, the motor is going to kill the economy. Horses and buggies, they're gonna go away. Oh, this is terrible. You know, this 
thing that's happening. That that you know that Ford guy, that little scumbag. He's going to crush things because now you're going to have all these people losing jobs in the horse and buggy and you know you know the the, the carriage wheels in that industry, which is true, which sounds bad, but with some critical thinking. Then what happens? Well, now you have people that need to build the motors. You have people that need to service the motors. You have, hey, these motors need to run on gas. Hey, now you need even more food. So now the farming gets, or, you know, not the farming, but the energy sector. And even farming stays strong too because, well, I mean, people are always going to need to eat. And from there, look, everything is fine. So to sit there and think that, hey, you know what, because... Some people have lost jobs due to the coronavirus, which is totally true, that we need to start to tax other people to make up for that. That is ridiculous. And it all circles back to, what about this? If people got to keep their money, so in other words, they didn't have this 5%, you know, you got to keep 5% of your money. What are people going to do with that? Well, they're either going to save it or spend it. Both things are good. If they spend it, then what is that doing? Well, that's going to stimulate the economy, right? Because people are out there buying, they're buying something. And when people are buying something, that means that some sort of business is growing. And when some sort of business is growing, guess what? They're going to actually need more help. They're going to need to hire more employees because their business is growing, right? And this is just, like I said, I'm not trying to insult your intelligence, but basic thinking here. So if those companies are growing and need to hire more people, what is that going to do? Well, that might offer, not might, it, is it possible? Is it plausible that that will open up an opportunity for them to hire somebody else? Now you could be saying, hey, Clay, well, businesses are greedy. Those business owners are greedy. They're, they're not, they're not going to hire people. They're going to keep it in their own pocket. Okay. So they keep it in their own pocket. What are they going to do with that? when they keep it in their own pocket because they don't want to give it to somebody else. Well, those people are either going to spend it or save it. Those greedy business owners, they're either, they don't want to pay anybody else. They don't want to do it because they want to keep that money in order to do what? Well, either spend it or save it. So if they spend it, guess what? Well, that, that money is going to some sort of other industry out there. And hey, you know what? That other industry is, is going to have that money now where they could go and hire. Or, so do you see, just because it does, it just doesn't make sense to blame a business owner. Well, they're not going to, they're going to keep it for themselves. Are, are you sure they're going to keep it for themselves? Or are they going to go and buy some sort of something that will move its way through the economy? Again, much more efficiently than the government trying to spend that 5%. Or they're going to save it. And now the government really doesn't like this. The government does not like this one at all. If those people decide to save the money, as in for retirement, sure, I understand the argument. Well, Clay, they're not stimulating the economy. They're not spending that money. Ah, but they are stimulating the economy. How? Well, guess what? If people saved and had money in place for retirement, let's just run a hypothetical. If that was the case, people actually saved, people planned for retirement, and people had money sitting there, guess what? Does... The government need to provide social security. Does the government need to provide all these other entitlement programs? Well, well, no, because the people actually have money already. 
So if they don't need to provide those things because people actually save and again, have the ability to save because you're letting them keep 5% of their money. Well, well, guess what? Well, you don't need to have those programs. And when you don't need to have those programs, guess what? You don't need to tax people for them. Oh, so you're saying that we're even saving more taxes now. Yes, and if you save more taxes, again, along the lines of the premise that you can spend, you can save your money better than the government, well, guess what? Now you have even more money you could yourself either save or spend. And now we're right back to where we were. Either you're stimulating the economy through actual spending or you're stimulating the economy via less government because I don't need your entitlement programs, government, because I have more money that I can now save. And because I have more money, that I can say because you are taxing me less, hey, I don't need you that much more. And the government could get even smaller and smaller because, hey, you know what? I believe that the government is really bad at spending money. I believe that the more money the government leaves with people, we will get the better bang for our buck. There is a reason why politicians enter into office not millionaires, and then when they leave, their net worth is like multiple millions of dollars. Yes, they do books. Yes, they, they do other things. But it's just bizarre when you look at the statistics, and I don't know, maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist, but it's bizarre when you look at how much the government actually spends for certain things. I can't remember one thing. I think it was like, I don't know, 1700 bucks, 2500 bucks, something crazy for like a coffee cup. Like when you actually broke down the math, that what, that's what it came out to be. And you see that sort of stuff and you're like, my money is just being wasted, right? And this is not any sort of Republicans, Democrats. It's just you no know, government waste, right? Government waste is literally, well, what it implies. The government is wasting your money. I would rather have you waste your own money by going and spending it on, I don't know, a, a latte at Starbucks. But you know what? Even you spending and wasting, if you want to make the argument that money at a latte at Starbucks you know what? At least every single dollar has gone to Starbucks and they can either use that for their retirement program, for their employees. They can use, I mean, I'd rather have that than have the government just waste their money by, you know, who, who doing who knows what. And I just believe that you can make the best decision for yourself when it comes to your money. So to sit here and say that, hey, you know what? You made good decisions. You did what you needed to do to put yourself in the, the you know, position to have the privilege of working from home. Because of that, we're going to tax you 5%. We're, we're going we're gonna to make your life even more difficult because you're not out there on the roads spending money on gas. So, I mean, because you're not spending money on gas, we, we, that's, that's such faulty thinking. And I got it. It's under the mask of, well, we're going we're gonna to use that to subsidize and pay for the people that have lost jobs. And yeah, people should help them out through charities. I mean, I did an article, or not an article, an episode, I don't know, several weeks ago that talked about the generosity of people. And the generosity has been crazy during the pandemic. In fact, a lot of times, I remember from the article, people were paying for services still that they weren't even getting because they weren't allowed because of the lockdown. So I, I, one of them was like childcare. Like the people that provided the childcare were still getting payments even though they weren't providing childcare because, well, everybody was locked down. But that's just the generosity of our society, at least in America, I will say, is we are a very generous country when we actually have money to be generous with. But again, when you tax and take more and more away, guess what? People don't have the ability to be as generous. 
And I would rather have somebody paying their, their you know, babysitter, even though their babysitter isn't providing them a service money rather than the government trying to do it. Because you know what? Me giving some sort of, or the, you know, these people donating to a charity or donating or just flat out paying for services that they're not even getting, that's still dollar directly to them, not dollar taken from government and then dollar given to those people. Okay, that dollar is no longer worth a dollar by the time it gets siphoned through the government to that person. Why don't we just cut out the middleman? Why don't we just go directly to that person? So yeah, there are people out there on tough times right now. There really are, but there are tons of people that are willing to help. There are tons of people out there that are donating. And again, like I said, this is not my opinion. Search back through the, the archive and there is a, somebody did a, a study and generosity, giving, all that stuff has actually gone up during the pandemic. You would think everything's gone down because, well, people are losing their jobs. People are, no, it's actually gone up because people want to help each other out. But the government doesn't like to hear that. No, 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 you, you need our help. We will help you. Even though we're terrible and have government waste, we will help you. So let's just keep taking money. Let's keep taxing and this new thing, a 5% privilege tax. Hey, you are privileged, therefore we're gonna tax you more. Now that's all I got. I think I've ranted and raved long enough. And like I said, you don't have to agree with me on every point. I, I understand that, that's totally fine. But I mean, if, if we're both being intellectually honest, hopefully we can agree on the fact that there is no better way to get the best bang for your buck than the individual person to spend it or save it however they see fit, as opposed to sending the dollar to the government and then the dollar, or, and then the government sending that quote unquote dollar to whatever they deem necessary. Because we both know that's not worth a dollar anymore by the time it gets siphoned through the bureaucracy of government. So at least if we can agree on that, hey, then I, I think we could find some good common ground. But that is my thoughts on it. So irritating, irritating, irritating that the solution to everything is just, hey, let's just take more money from people. Let's just tax more people. That's just... Sometimes the solution is, hey, let people keep more of their money, and it'll be amazing what that would actually do for the economy. It, it, it's actually a good thing. And again, that is goes back to you got to do some spending cuts too, but you don't have to spend as much as the government if people have more money, aka those entitlement programs. If you give more people money to save and they save, then you don't need to keep taxing them to save for them, which is what Social Security is. It's basically a program that says, hey, we don't think that you can save for yourself, so we're going to save for you. Talk about the government treating us like a bunch of morons. It's sad, and now I'm veering off. I just caught myself. I'm on another tangent. I'm about to go to on, on a whole another podcast episode. But that is all I have. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out. And yeah, if, I'm always up for your opinions, up for anything. So feel free to reach out to me wherever. I'd love to hear from you on you know your thoughts on the topic. But yeah. A 5% privilege tax, goodness. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I use to pay off 
$163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.